hey man, just take a breath. <laughs> do this for 15 minutes yeah. a day and you're going to be in a better place or whatever. Do the things it's, to become uh, the leader that the company needs and essentially like the CEO that the company needs. Welcome to another episode of Stories in Stone. Almost just forgot the name after coming off the holiday break. Uh, the brain is still learning how to fire, uh, but we are here. Excited to be back. Excited for 2024. Richard, Kyle, similar levels of excitement, high levels of excitement. I'm a bit hungover from the holidays, honestly. Uh trying to get back in the groove of things but yes yeah, excited to be to be back with you all and with our audience of course it's it, it's hard to be excited for 2024 when it's i live in wisconsin and it's just cold and gray and i'll be excited about 2024 now. there you go there you go yeah that's fair and we were just talking richard uh richard has a momentous occasion coming in 2024 so for all stories and stone listeners are invited to charlottesville uh, in August. Right. Right. Yeah. If, if, uh, if you, if you didn't get the invite and you're a stories and stone listener, just send me a Facebook message, add me on Facebook. You can find me. Um, and I'll, and I'll send you an invite. I want the whole community. Though. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, we want it to be stone expo over Charlottesville for Richard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right. well, yeah. Uh, enough, enough wedding talk. Let's get to, uh, the introduction for our guest, uh, our guest this this episode is Justin Shaw. We recorded this a few months ago, so uh, if there are some out-of-date references, that is why. But uh, nonetheless, Justin's uh, insights and knowledge for sales and the stone industry were refreshing to hear. Anything specific that you guys took away? Yeah, he's really passionate about... Uh, setting up good sales processes. The past few years with COVID and everything, I feel like there's been a lot of order takers and maybe leaving some meat on the table uh, with opportunities. And I think uh, just from what I know of him and then in our conversation, he's really passionate about making people into hunters and defining opportunities and closing those opportunities out. For sure. Yeah, and I'm going to take a separate, a separate approach here. I mean, I was just fascinated that he lives in Costa Rica. I mean, how, how often do you get to, to listen to or even hear from? I guess I was actually mean the same thing, listen to and hear from. <laughs> uh, yeah, how often do you get to listen to someone from Costa Rica? I mean, not much. And Josiah, you had a connection to him too. Which That's was- right. Yeah, the Costa Rica the Costa Rica ties run deep. I myself spent a year there. And so uh, always good to reminisce and uh, find find commonalities in that regard. Uh, without further ado, uh, and since we're still suffering from holiday hangovers, we will get you to Justin Shaw. All right. Welcome in everyone. Uh, very excited to have Justin Shaw with us from Stone Fabricator Elite. Um, I'm getting that right. Is that correct? Stone. Great. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, awesome. it. yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Guys. Great, great. Uh, go ahead, Kyle. Go take it away. Sorry. 
Yeah. Uh, no, uh, excited to have you on, Justin. Go ahead and give us your origin story. Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? How did you? Who Who is Justin Shaw? That's a. We're going way back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, born and raised in Toronto, Canada. Nice. Um, then I went to school. I mean, I went to Northern Secondary in Toronto, okay. uh, mainly because it had a, a great arts program. So I thought I was going to be. I had dreams and aspirations of becoming a starving artist. That was the mission <laughs> to uh, <laughs> um, end up going to an art college later, Sheridan College, where a lot of like the Disney Pixar animators come out of. I went there and realized that it was not for me mm. <laughs> um, and ended up at that time getting into the fitness industry, actually, okay. which is where I spent 15 years or so in the fitness industry and leading um, regional sales teams as a marketing sales director, ops director, like manager. So really cut my teeth in that industry. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that like gets you caught up for a few years. Yeah. I'm older than most people think, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's like, what were, were you, so marketing sales for like gyms or product? Yeah. The, so yeah, gyms and then health and wellness facilities. Um, cool mainly on the independently owned versus chains. Okay. So independently owned multi-location. Um, and then we moved. So I, I got out of the fitness game for a while and was in many other industries after that, quite a tour. Um, but my family and I moved to New York. Uh, can't remember the exact year, but we spent seven years there. Okay. And I had, as a Canadian, get a wait, get, I'd get my green card. And then it was like, okay, I need to get a job <laughs> like soon, right? We had, we had moved there, you know, almost on a whim and it's an expensive city. Um, and that's what landed me back in the fitness industry. So I ended up working for a company as their regional sales director and did that for about four years and then got the idea that I, I mean, I've always wanted to work for like start my own business, work for myself and um we were i think a couple of months pregnant at that time well, yeah and maybe we were three months pregnant and i was like i don't want to it was a grind that job was yeah. a grind it was like 200 employees like overseeing multiple locations you know just there all day mm -hmm. all night um and so i didn't want to do that anymore I, I wanted to be able to like if i'm gonna start a family i want to be around mm -hmm. more um so i started a plan to take my sales and marketing background um, and start a marketing company. Mm. So I quit my job three months before my son was born. Um, no savings, really, like not, not nothing of a cushion. And it's been a journey ever that since. Which, like that, Yeah, that journey from, yeah, three months, uh, quit my job. And basically we got on a mission to like land our first clients, um, which has spawned the evolution, taking me to, you know, first working with, um, on the supplier side okay. and then our first fabricator client. And, and then it kept going from there. That's really cool. <clears throat> so let's dive in a little bit into that. Um, <clears throat> the, the sales leader aspect that you were in, cause I'm obviously that's informed the product. What were some of the, yeah. the big just walk us through your experience there. Big takeaways, uh, you know, what you were exposed to that maybe you're not seeing in this industry. Um, sure. 
Yeah, I worked in many different industries. I started in the telemarketing industry when I was like 14, okay. I think at that time, which you would think I would be better in sales <laughs> now. But it's like, I mean, yeah. I got, you know, they really put you through stringent training. Mm. And, and I mean, you know, uh, part of big, big teams, like 150 telemarketers, you know, and then they'd, you know, they'd have leaderboards and the whole thing. And you'd have to be thrown in, you know, the hot seat where everybody would listen to your call and they would be something like, okay, on this call, you're not gonna, you're gonna go as far as eight no's, like stuff like that. So eight, I started that like 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, and so that, that really instilled a lot of fundamentals (laughs) in me. Um, and it's funny, the call that I got put on with the eight, it was seven no's, but you'd have to be ready for eight Mm -hmm. because, you know, if you get that next one. And I could not believe it, that the person said yes on number seven, you know, and it was just like, you know, of course that like the trainer, like the supervisor Mm. was thrilled because it was just proof of concept, this whole concept. Um, But yeah, so I went through that and then, you know, I've been in many different industries, spending the most time in the fitness industry. And I think, um, you know, when you, kind of come up in that industry, it's very process driven, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It should, well, it should be. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't, I was later on developing those processes, but in the health and wellness industry, they want it to be formulaic, right? I mean, you have your, it's aggressive, mm-hmm. like you have your goals to meet, um, you know, whether those are membership goals, personal training goals, add on upsells, the whole bit. Um, and so I really became, you know, quite proficient with, you know, improving processes, um, creating those formulas, analyzing, you know, what's working, what's not working, spending a lot of time coaching sales reps and giving what the equivalent now is like a showroom tour, mm-hmm. right? If you have a walk-in in a showroom, it's the same sort of thing. There's all of the little things that you do <clears throat> surrounding that experience that people often don't take into account that you definitely get in the gym space Well, for you know, yeah. good companies that lead that it's a whole experience from when they come in, what kind of water do they get? You know, what are they doing when they're waiting right. all the way through? When are you talking about certain things when you're standing beside certain things, all of those different things, you know, how do you, you know, basically do your discovery right. rapport building on the fly in person while navigating a lot of distractions. That would be a really distracting yeah. place to do. I mean, I'm sure a stone shop isn't, you know, both yeah. Yeah. very distracting places. Uh, to, Mm-hmm. Those. Um, the I'm really curious about the the nose. I mean that that feels like that was probably a really informative experience right. for you growing up. Um, it would be like the hearing no. no is just like oh no, no sorry no I not this I sorry I no I didn't mean no. your physical no I knew you didn't mean <laughs> yeah. that but I was like what what does yeah mean? sorry uh, uh, no getting getting to know and. Yeah. those questions and formulating those um are you sp- spend a lot of time of like how, what type of no are you trying to get to or maybe dive in because people hate no especially in sales you almost need to embrace right. no uh to to get right. there so i'm just curious your journey with no uh up to, <laughs> journey yeah. with no I think, well, yeah, I'm a big proponent of the power of no and just in life, mm-hmm. learning to say no of certain things, um, you know, taking control of, of that, setting boundaries and that. So in that concept, but with sales, 
Yeah, I think that there's it's a it's how you frame mm-hmm. it, right? And so you know, it's it's certainly. I mean, I think those early coaches, you know, are just talking about you know envisioning the the hallway that you're going down and all the different doors you're trying to get to the last one, and you've got to open those doors and get those nose to get to that. But I think in the coaching that we do with sales reps for stone fabricators, it's going to be a little, it's going to be a lot less aggressive. Mm-hmm. You would in telemarketing, especially back then. I mean, that was in the nineties. So you were able to be a lot more aggressive than you could now yeah. right? with, with that, you know, what you're going to do from a telemarketing standpoint. But now, I mean, that's not something we even really touch upon in the mm, sales trainings okay. that we go through. Um, it's more of a, consultative sales approach mm-hmm. um, and so we recently did like a sales training on selling identity transformation versus countertops mm-hmm. which was this whole idea of that you know ultimately you know for a retail homeowner it represents the countertop represents so much more than just a what's often the buyer conversation is functional mm-hmm. right you know it's like okay so the specs of the material what's it good for high volume use blah 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 and all those types of things when ultimately there's both the functional drivers emotional and social drivers and so where we really focus on is you know it's not the same environment to go after getting no's i mean if you're really Mm -hmm. helping somebody and uncovering what that deeper emotional driver is the social factors and you're able to bring that together and align it with your company's competitive advantage unique value proposition to ultimately help them achieve their, if it's reasonable, Mm -hmm. ideal outcome, right? Desired outcome and become who they want to be because it's ultimately their count. I'm pointing over Mm -hmm. there because our (laughs) counter represents, you know, a version of themselves that they want to be, whether that's status, whether that's, you know, savvy investor, because it's, we're planning to flip the house, Mm -hmm. you know, different things. So I think when you really get into that deep understanding, then it's, it's a whole different dynamic where, you're collaboratively helping somebody and the no's are sort of, you're participating in the no. Right. Sure. You know, it's different than getting like a hard objection. Right, right. Right. It's, it's finding kind of already know what, what the no's will be. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, uh, oh yeah, sorry. Go, uh, so then you talk about like your your race to, to the first client. You've got the... Becoming the massive life change. It was intense. Um, So then, did you just was it right then that you came upon Stone Suppliers? Is that like were were those some of your first clients or? Okay, no, no, definitely not. No, yeah, first was a custom home builder. Okay, so still, you know, sort of in the space. But later on, we became a a growth marketing agency that really industry agnostic, I guess would be the word like, uh, and that was really challenging. So financial services, um, those in the home improvement space, trade professionals, not stone yet, medical device companies, e-commerce companies, we were all over the place. Um, and so essentially after three years of that, since severe burnout, (laughs) um, you know, really recognizing we're trying to solve a different problem every day, almost every week, uh, across um all sorts of different solutions from seo web media buying you know um all yeah. of this stuff yeah we did it. we pretty much did the full suite of growth marketing digital marketing services mm-hmm. and um hit the wall uh and then the pandemic happened oh wow so it was sort of that like i was already at that place where i was like i don't know if i can keep this up to scale means it's just sort of throwing more bodies mm-hmm. at it 
you know? Um, and so when the pandemic happened, we ended up losing a fair amount of our roster of clients. Um, we had started working with a couple of fabricators at that time and it posed, presented the opportunity of just kind of a, well, everything was paused mm -hmm. and a lot of circumstances where you kind of get introspective yeah. on things during that pandemic being on lockdown. Um, and so that's when the sort of thinking started of like, how, where do we want to go from here? And really trying to look at how we could build a business that eventually we could productize. Mm. Um, you know, how do you productize services? So essentially like kind of the, the journey we've been on in the first part, you know, sort of came down to not having to solve a new problem every day. And if we've done some, you know, we've got some really unique solutions in the stone space. Um, and so we thought, okay, let's, let's look at that. And we floated it out to our clients that were in the stone space. And they were like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that? Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend that. Um, I was like, well, you know, we've, that, you would agree we've done some, we've got some really tangible solutions here. We've got like a proven track record, like we're hitting home runs here. Mm -hmm. uh, and so really the decision to niche down was, you know, what have we got exceptional results in? What industry is maybe a little less competitive? Mm -hmm. um, and who would we want to actually hang out with? All right. And, the, and when we made the list of all of our clients and, you know, if we were having a, I think we posed the question to the team of like, if we were at a barbecue, who would we want there? Right. And it was the, it was the fabricator <laughs> crowd, you know, that's who you'd want at a barbecue. That's and true. Not, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not the financial services and medical device and e-com. It was like, you know, those are people we could just be ourselves with. Right. Yeah. You know, for the most part, you know, even though we're, I'm very much, you that's, know, you know um, there's a comfort level. Don't have a lot. Yeah. Even though I don't have a background in, you know, specifically in the trades, mm -hmm. now a lot in supporting them, but you can still kind of just show up and be, yeah, you know, yeah. You don't have to put it, you don't have to put it on, right? You yeah. don't have to put it on, and they're very. I feel like people are very curious to learn in this industry. There's like no yeah. front, uh, a lot of times. It's just very, hey, how can you help me? And I don't care where you yeah. came from, as long as you can help me, that's great. Yeah, that's true. That's, cool. that's true. What were, so you said you had a few like unique solutions and maybe you've already mm -hmm. touched on this, but what were some of those things that stuck out for this particular industry that you're like, oh, we were, these are the, our, these are the home runs that we're hitting. We're going to double down on this. Yeah. At that time it was, um, we were still doing a lot of things that were retail lead gen focused. So Facebook ads, Google ads, SEO, and now we don't do any of that. And we refer everybody to Steven at Countertop Marketing Co. for that specifically. <clears throat> um, so shout out mm -hmm. to Steven. Is the, um, but at that time, we had just started doing new business development on the B2B side of things. When I say just started, we were probably a year in, like maybe nine months, okay. 12 months into doing it. Um, and that was something we were getting exceptional results with and the way that it started was um we were already forecasting like hey we're going to pick a, a nation so we were starting to focus on other things that we could do to really come up with unique solutions um i can explain a little bit more of our journey mm -hmm. that might be of interest in a minute but uh we basically had a shop that asked us if we could help the sales reps that are in inbound or inside sales reps to help them, you know, to essentially become capable and proficient with doing outbound. 
And we tried it, I think it was like six to eight months uh, and it was not successful. It was quite challenging. Um, and so I remember the conversation where we're kind of banging our heads against the wall and I, I proposed, you know, I think it'd be easier if we brought this in-house and you gave us like 90 days, you know, to see if we could do it as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knocked it out of the park. It was very successful. And that was one of the main things we started to scale uh, from there with shops um, that we were looking at, like, okay, nobody is really touching this piece to help stone shops be able to generate, like activate meaningful and profitable relationships with builders, mm-hmm. contractors, millware companies, kitchen and bath dealers. And we thought that was pretty compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where it started, but we still, when we made the decision to, to niche down and we asked for feedback from our current clients, they were like, mm, you're gonna have to solve, you, you really wanna solve some real problems. <laughs> They're like, you know, anybody can come in and generate. At the same, at the time we were still doing the Facebook, Google ads, and they were like, anybody can, you know, kind of come in and, you know, do it cheaper than you, or, you know, they can find a local service, like local marketing company to help them. So we'd really recommend if you're gonna do that, that you figure out how you can solve the problems that I, and I'm thinking about one client's, the the client specifically that helped, you know, was kind of an advisor to us early on, which is Alex at at RMI Surfaces in Westchester, New York, who pretty much said you, you know, all of us, you know, in SFA and the other groups, we all complain about the same things. Mm -hmm. And so I know that there are some real persistent pains that we deal with. And if you could solve a few of those very well, and I think you'd have a shot, uh, more or less is what he said. Um, and so we sat down and made a list of the things that, you know, those guys were, you know, really struggling mm-hmm. with and ultimately worked on those for about a year. It was like internally we committed as a team to like commit to trying to figure these different things out for a year. And on the other side of that, we've come to what now represents our flagship programs. So that was about a three and a half year journey from there when we went in on that, dug in for a year, niche down, and now we're here. <clears throat> wow. That's, yeah. So what, go for go it. Ahead, go uh, ahead, it. It's great to, yeah, hear just like the iterative process of it all. It's, yeah. uh, it's definitely been a journey and something that you don't just stumble on overnight and you, yeah, find what's working yeah. <laughs> and just going all the way back whether it's different industries, different approaches, different programs, just cool to hear that journey and uh, the twists and turns yeah. it's taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been it's been an adventure. So, what was your initial? Uh, this is kind of getting into some standardized questions. Now that you're in the stone industry, your first we've talked about. You know, they're we like hanging out with these people. They're awesome. They're yeah. fun, but initial like uh impressions of like the business and uh the the industry itself yeah or like even first time being in a shop like yeah just i i mean how do i put this i mean first time being in a shop was and that shop was immaculately clean but i still was coughing the whole time (laughs) and they were they were like what what's the matter with you (laughs) and um you know um I would be more than confident with the fact, I mean, they've got the water filtration recycled, you know, pulling everything out to minimize all of that. I'm be more than confident that it was up to standard, but for me, 
I couldn't hack it. <laughs> I, I, it was it was intense. Um, so yeah, first in, first impression of the industry. I mean, we were so it's been we started working with fabricators in 2017. Okay. It's been a while now. Um, niche down now for three and a and a bit. Um, but back in 2017, I mean, I this is something I continuously joke about, but because it's true. I mean, I'm the least handy person you will meet. So it's um, embarrassingly so, like really bad. <laughs> so, you know, when I first got into this industry, it was kind of like, you know, I, I can, myself and my team can bring a lot of value in the areas that they need, but it was certainly a learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of like getting to understand that business, what's involved, you know, the process of actually you know, delivering the finished product and all the complexities that go into that. And, um, and I think the first impression was really that, that we saw was that I, I think we can provide a lot of value that there's a underserved market here. that's not getting the same attention that like roofing companies and HVAC companies mm -hmm. get from companies that are developing software solutions or agencies and consulting companies that are really coming in to, because they see an opportunity to solve and provide value. Um, that was my first impression really, uh, that it was, it was a lot of opportunity to help. Mm. Yeah. And a lot for me to learn <laughs> for sure. The, yeah. I'm curious the, how, how long until you felt comfortable, um, speaking to some of these things in like a sales sales speak right like you have to learn the industry a little bit to be able to come up with that uh how do we structure the value prop and everything how do we differentiate this client how long did you, do you think it took you for you to feel pretty comfortable like i think i got this down yeah, i'm i mean i'm still learning now so when we're doing we do regular weekly calls with gr groups of, of shops and so then i'll pick up on something mm -hmm. and be like oh that's that's great like that guy does this and oh uh, yeah that Let's let's roll that out and suggest that to others and see, get some feedback from that. But I think it was like we were three years in where we were doing a lot of the growth marketing side of things and just starting what we realized that one of the persistent challenges that I think anybody will have in this space if they're operating and doing that lead generation side of things as we mm -hmm. were back in 2017, 18, 19, 20, is there's a big gap in converting those leads. And that's how we ended up getting into sales support, sales improvement, sales support to eventually where we are now. But um, so that it was um, kind of like an organic transition of us helping uh, a handful of shops with that. And so because it was not something that we were saying, hey, we've got this program over here like we do mm -hmm. now where we've learned a lot and put it together in a flagship program. It was, hey, can you add, we came in to provide an additional layer of support for a small group of shops where there was no sales manager in place. The business owners wearing all the hats, doing everything, you know, and so they wanted us to come in and provide additional oversight training. Um, and so because it was a request that they had, it was a little bit easier for us to come in and, you know, them fully knowing we're going to be learning as we go mm -hmm. and supporting you. Um, and so that was helpful when we did that, that was during that one year where we really dug in uh, and did that. Um, and we did that complimentary. So it was like for the clients that we were supporting at that time, there was no extra charge and our other marketing service that we were doing mm -hmm. that took the pressure off. Yeah. And so for 12, 12 to 18 months, we, we could get in and provide support, but learn. Right. 
And so I think comfortability wise, probably that 12 to 18 months, to be honest yeah. with you. It's, you know, to learn and be like, okay, so this is how I've done things in the past in the various industries. There's nuance here, you know, some of these things will apply, some of them won't. Mm -hmm. These things are very specific. Um, and then since then, we've really honed it. And then I think I feel, you know, quite comfortable, you'd yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, if you said anything, if you said three months or something, I'd be like, liar. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Good. I mean, there's a lot we, we still don't know, but that's one of the things that we've, we've kind of focused on. We get our clients to focus on is, you know, there's like the biggest constraints and the biggest levers, mm -hmm. right? And so we're not focused on everything. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> so there's certain key aspects of improvement that will transform businesses. And we don't necessarily know, need to know, you know, every ERP out there or exactly how you, you do X, Y, Z, but we've been through a lot. Like we had a department to do takeoffs at one point because we were generating so many opportunities in our new business development that the constraint for us was our clients couldn't handle the level of bids because they couldn't do the takeoffs fast enough. And we were like, well, we will be out of a job. They're going to have to pause. And so we are like, how do we fix this? And so we created, a, and it ran for about two years, a takeoff team. Wow. So like we've, we've gotten in there That's <laughs> for sure. That's a great level of deep. doing takeoffs. You're in it. You're in it. I love it. Yeah, we're in it. <laughs> I love that. I didn't. I mean, I got a look yeah, at it. I right. hired somebody with a lot of experience to lead the takeoff right. team. But I was like, you know, we'd get stuff in 145 pages and it's like tomorrow. This guy, you know, uh, yeah. Flip this thing around tomorrow. And I'm just like, look, you know, kind of taking a glance at it because I'm like, I think we've gotten them a really good opportunity here. Right. You know, because we're, we're focused on the new business development side right. of things and we're like, oh, multifamully, 250 units, blah, blah. And I, I would learn, I would be so intimidated by that. And I'd send it <laughs> off to a guy and he's like, no, I just need page 89 and 80, yeah. 90. It's cool. Don't worry. Don't worry. About <laughs> yeah. It. yeah. Like, oh, okay. And he's like, they're all the same. They're all, you know, he's like, there's a clubhouse and the rest of these don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, all right. That's great. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> you you mentioned the opportunity that you saw in the industry. Uh, and you're not, yeah, we, you're, you're still kind of, in that in that window of like opportunity that you're exploring but looking forward do you see the the, the same level you have the same level of excitement and opportunity in the industry is there anything new that you're looking to pursue uh yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah i think it's i think it's interesting like in five years what, what will be people be talking about but you know some of the conversations we'd have with shops even like three three years ago they weren't as up to speed on certain things that were now when we talk to them they're like oh no we we use that or we're doing that or it, it's an interesting progression um you know getting to to go to like coverings and tice and and you know speak there and be at those events and see what's on the horizon and trending i think it i think it is really exciting mm -hmm. um to be in this industry and try and provide you know innovative value um, I think what, where we're going with this is we've been primarily done for you, mm -hmm. you know, as a, as a company and just getting in there. And if we're doing new business development, we just take care of it, get the opportunity and, and hand it off. Um, and we're transitioning, we've had an academy for two years or so. Um, and so that's really the, the direction that we're heading into is essentially, um, emphasizing you know, providing turnkey solutions, you know, um, whether it's uh, strategies, systems, processes, playbooks, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we've really brought what we've done over three years into a flagship program that we're now, this might be not the final iteration, but it's, it's certainly will be as good as it's, it's ever been, um, which opens tomorrow actually. Um, and so that's going to be a big pivot for us from a agency, traditional agency of, you know, done for you services to more of a done with you model. Mm-hmm. Um, and implementing that in more of what we do now, it's in a group format, mm-hmm. you know, so implementing that here um, and then making that accessible to smaller shops. So our sweet spot is kind of like three, five to 10 million. Mm-hmm. You know, there's these kind of different mm-hmm. levels within that. Um, but there is a large audience in the sub three and sub one million. And so one of the big things that we're looking to do is to provide um, a resource through our academy where you won't have as much access and support um, accountability and guidance and you know, hands-on coaching and strategy, but it'll be available to simply follow through mm-hmm. you know, all of the systems, the processes, the playbooks, the curriculum that we've designed to go through that. Um, so the flagship program is your growth engine in 90 days program. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, it's really helping to put a lot of fundamentals in place that are missing for shops mm-hmm. um, before they put the cart before the horse. It's often like, okay, we need more sales. So let's spend more money on marketing. But it's like, we don't have all of these right. other things in place um, before that to get the return on investment that we want. So yeah, we're really excited to bring that out. That's that's interesting. The sub three, one million, trying to catch them before they get. I wonder if you we run into this problem as a software, like if they're too big and they're too ingrained in certain things, changing the behavior mm, yeah. and changing oh, yeah. the the methodology and process is a nightmare. But if you can catch people at a million, three million and get them in doing the right habits before that, uh before they take off, that's just like a win. And you can continue to provide value as they grow. Is that what you're you're mm-hmm. running into? Exactly. And then they'll be able to ascend into the other level of the academy that that our current client base is in or members as we call right. it. Right. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Trying to trying to get people to stop at that level though is really tough. Uh, at which at level? the one to three, the guy like you said, the the stone the owner that's wearing a bunch of different hats and all this kind of stuff. Right. And, Hey man, just take oh, a yeah. breath. <laughs> yeah. Do this for fifteen minutes yeah. a day, and you're going to be in a better place, or whatever it is. It's, uh... Yeah, that's really a big component of that. Is the um, <clears throat> what we have is for the the business owner to do the things to become the leader that the company needs, and essentially like the CEO that the company needs. Um, and that's a long journey. Yeah. much easier said <laughs> yeah. than done. But one of the things that we've built into that is how to amplify talent and resources and maximum return on investment. Um, there's a really good book on something similar by Dan Martell, Buy Back Your Time. I love that. So that's a that's my guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. From 1-800-GOT-JUNK days. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's like, <clears throat> yeah, he's got some really good stuff in there. Um, that would be a, a highly recommended book for shop owners that are listening to this that are just like t- totally overwhelmed think that they have to do everything, can't get any help um, to go through that book, either you know, audible right. or, or pick up the book. But we do start from that place because they will not be able to be successful unless they're able to put themselves in that position right. you know, to own their time, essentially. Right. Well, that's one of the first things, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That I, I just read that book. And, uh, oh, ah, yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, 
I don't. I don't have anything else. I think we we typically close with it. Kyle. Did you have anything before we get to our final section? Final little. Uh, I don't think so. Justin, anything no. we left out before we get to no. our? Uh, we just got a little fun segment that we end with. But, oh, all right. Uh, we'll we'll go to a quick break and then come right back. Hello, fabricators and shop owners. Josiah here, and today I want to introduce you to Speed Label, a revolutionary tool transforming the way we organize and manage countertop fabrication. Are you struggling with messy shop floors and confusing processes? Speed Label is your answer. It's not just a label, it's a complete solution to track each countertop piece, ensuring nothing gets lost in the shuffle. With Speed Label, every part of your job is organized and accounted for. From individual piece dimensions to job details, Speed Label brings unmatched quality control part by part. And it's paperless. Say goodbye to those cumbersome CAD drawings and forms. Developed by fabricators for fabricators, Speed Label simplifies your processes, saving time and labor. It's also waterproof, tearproof with labels with special adhesive stick to countertops in the harshest environments but peel off easily when needed. Don't just take my word for it. Industry leaders like Chris Hildebrand with affordable quality granite and marble and Narelle Hooker with Mackenzie Stone and Tile rave about its accountability and quality control making their shops more professional and efficient. Are you ready to transform your shop? Visit speedlabel.net to schedule a demo today, embrace the future of countertop fabrication with Speed Label. Yeah. All right, uh, we're back. We're we're gonna end this thing in style. Uh, we we call it the rock seat to end it. It's similar to a hot seat, but uh, okay, yeah, gotcha, you're on gotcha. the rock seat. Um, <coughs> Uh, I'll, I'll, oh, he's building, he's building this yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, we'll start with the easy, we'll go with the easy, or I don't know, maybe, maybe you don't consider this easy, but I, I always like when you're at Tice, what, what's the, the tool that stands out to you, the like the gadget that's just like, oh, that, that, that thing looks sweet or uh, looks so interesting. Is there something when you're walking around there that catches your eye every time? I mean... Having seen like a Baca in person, you know, or having clients that we've helped like them to tell that story around like the content they create around that. Um, that still probably is one of the cooler things, mm-hmm. you know, to see, even though I've seen it before. Yeah. Um, but seeing that thing, you know, be able to cut through something like, you know, those, those cheese slicers that just have the wire yeah. and can just cut through cheese. Yeah, that's still, even though it's, it wasn't the first time, it's still the coolest thing. Is, I was at the Baca Bash last week and saw their like where they make the robots and everything and it's just fascinating yeah fascinating um yeah okay and eventually eventually i'm sure it's going to be ai is going to be paired with that thing and then all sorts of things are going to happen exactly (laughs) no no need for programmers or anything anymore or any of us um okay here's a here's a simple one what what kind of countertops are you rocking in your house right now got laminate or do you Uh, Ours are quartzite. Okay. Yeah. Quartzite. Nice. White quartzite? For better or for worse. For better <laughs> or for worse. Um, yeah, they were the only stone in the entire 
showroom that my wife would even entertain. There was no, there was no other option. Um, so these ones are a little more temperamental, but um, the most stunning, you know, I really do appreciate it. The most stunning, the way we've got the lights on it, Yeah. you know, um, the lights that overhang it. It looks like, um, so they're, they're whitish, but they really do look like, like, um, like if you dropped a pebble in water and it just from the center, it just mm. kind of goes out nice. all these natural patterns. That's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. Did you say laminate? No, okay. I, I was about to ask. Just... We've had some people on who are like, <laughs> I'm ashamed to say I've got laminate in my okay. house right now. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> I shouldn't say anything. Never mind. That's all right. Yeah. He just bought the house. He's like, I haven't been able to get it switched yeah, over yeah. yet, but he's going to make it. Change. Totally. Um, uh, oh yeah um well yeah he's doing he it he is building the last time if, if you go back in the recording i got so red during that period because i was like yeah, this <laughs> um, i'm looking at my list of questions here but uh <laughs> what is your so maybe this is a two-part question a follow-up just what's the edge on that quartzite and then do you have a favorite edge is that in your like the, the edge profile, uh, or is there one that you really despise? Yeah, totally. Oh, this was a painful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I am a fan of the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Like I am, my wife was like a hard no on that. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. I, I thought she'd be in it with me as well. I get it for this room. Not so much. Um, I wanted an eased edge or a mitered edge, sorry, yeah. um, on this, but we actually live in Costa Rica now. Okay. Uh, so this this will be an interesting countertop story. They do not do things <laughs> the same way at all. Um, and so I was very, very specific about the mitered edge. I sent them numerous diagrams as well as information to make sure we are on the same page with what was going to happen. Uh, and instead, they just um, doubled up glued two pieces together, you know, uh, 2CM, doubled it up, glued it together, didn't match a- anything. I just had this horrible <laughs> line the day that it was, that it was installed and I was working. So I was working and I came to check on it and it was, it was devastating. This is our first house that we bought that we fully remodeled. Um, and somehow, and they, the answer to that was that this material chips easily. And so it was not possible to do the mitered edge. And so they took the liberty of just doing okay. what they oh, did. Wow. And I had them rem- like, like basically remove that piece. And so, and I was messaging clients. That's the yeah. time that like I was blowing up <laughs> yeah. their, their phones. I, I was taking pictures and I was like, what is this? What do we do about this? <laughs> yeah. What do, what, what do I do? And I had one client that was super, our longest standing yeah. client. He was like, Greg can get on a plane and fly there. We'll fix this. That was, you know, <laughs> really, really incredible, you know, of an offer, yeah. you know, to have our back um, because it was also, they didn't seal it properly. They were like, oh yeah, we'll come by and do an extra thing. Cause you we're now getting rings on it already and all this. And they came and they put car wax on Ooh. it. Um, so <laughs> this is going to be the, this will be the part of the podcast. That's the most yeah. interesting to anybody. Cause it was insane to me. Uh, and that's when I was telling our client, he was like, we could have Greg come out. He could do anti-etch. He'll come and 
you know, we got you. And I was like, that's not necessary. It's, you know. They were trying to score a trip to Costa Rica. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, totally, right? Uh, and so what they ended up doing is taking them off. So it's just, a, which I've grown to love and appreciate that it's just 2CM by itself. And I always wanted, you know, yeah. just the, but it looks, it looks great, you know, and I've come to love it. I was not thrilled for like, for 30 days, I was kind of like, oh, man, it's like we're going to have these for 10 years. And I've, but now we, we love cool. them. That cool. ended up being a great question, Josiah. You were nervous about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, story. the hemming and hawing <laughs> paid off. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. that's the real story. Yeah. All right. Last, last one for me. You're kind of like us in this industry. We aren't necessarily the tradesmen, but now that we've come into it, we walk into places and we're like, dear Lord, what did this person do here? <laughs> Besides your own and your that story you just told us, when is the last time you walked into someone's house and you're like, man, what did oh, they no. do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you don't have to name names. It would be this house. Yeah. It would be this house that we bought. Yeah, this it was insane. Mm. There was a um, crocodile out on the, the deck there with a arm in its mouth, a bleeding arm, a bloody arm stump. This is stuff that you guys never think would come up on the show. There was a mermaid sculpture with a crocodile at her, well, not feet, but her, her fins, I guess, um, with the bloody stump in its mouth and about eight cats in here that were very like feral wild cats that were like killing lizards and leaving their heads all over the place. Like it was, it was intense, man. And I, I took, I walked through and I just stood on the side and was like, I'm never coming back here. My wife, on the other hand, um, (laughs) took one look at it and knew it was our house, which she was right. What she did on the remodel, like she did designs and did everything. And it's, it's killer. So it, it paid off, but that was the last time I walked into somebody's house. It was my future house, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's right." That's I don't know if we can stay right here. That's right. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so you walked in, you're like, "Oh!" And there was when you lift. It's one thing I did have to use the bathroom, so I went in the bathroom. I lifted the toilet seat, and there was a cat decal, like like a like a three D cat sticker of a cat's face popping out of the toilet that what yeah i can understand why you yeah. looked at it and were like i don't know about this i don't know about this <laughs> that's awesome yeah man that's incredible that was, yeah awesome well hey justin where can people find you if they're interested in your services or have questions yeah. where's the best place to find you uh so two places you can find me on facebook um okay maybe not the easiest place because i don't know what the handle <laughs> on that would be but uh, stonefabricatorelite.com that'd be the easiest place to find okay. and we'll put we'll put the facebook link and the link in our in our show cool. notes and everything so we'll awesome. make it really awesome. easy for much appreciated to, to find uh, perfect but yeah awesome. justin thanks so much i learned a lot thank you for yeah. having me <laughs> awesome. great perfect guys thank you yeah, so no much problem. that was great all right i'm gonna hit had a good time Thanks for listening to another episode of Stories in Stone and our first episode for season two. Thanks Josiah, thanks Kyle, and thanks Justin for coming on the show today. If you enjoyed this, go ahead and recommend it to a friend and also subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, thanks. Thanks.